This is the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. If you're wondering why the J, the answer is I am not a bagpipe player. And if that joke doesn't make any sense to you, I encourage you to check out episode zero where I explain that joke as well as the purpose of the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast, where we talk about faith, family, fitness, and finances. And I guess in the last month or two, we've thrown fun in there as well. So we can talk a little bit of uh, entertainment. But hey, guys, it's Gordon. I appreciate you tuning in again. It's been great. First of all, I want to say thanks. As always, our audience continues to grow, and we've grabbed some new folks in. Um, I'm not going to let it out. Uh, I'm not going to let the cat out of bag right now. Um, but I mean, I have this crazy huge interview coming up. I've got the commitment. I don't want to say who it is. I don't. I've got that date set and everything. There's still some details to work out. But I mean, I have the date. And for me, friends, this is the biggest interview I've ever given, at least on the podcast. Uh, the biggest interview I guess I've ever done is I once did an email interview with David Ellison of. Uh, Megadeth, bass player for Megadeth. I've interviewed him twice. We've talked about being in Megadeth and being a Christian and going to seminary. And he put out a side project one time called Altitudes and Attitudes. I interviewed him for that. So that's definitely been the the biggest interview I guess I've ever done. But for the podcast, this one that's coming up uh, for me is just going to be huge. I really, really hope everything comes together. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I, I'm really excited about it. Uh, before we jump in, let me give you a few updates of what's going on. Um, I, I'm trying to start doing this now. Folks say, hey, Gordon, you just kind of jump into the topic. Uh, so what's going on? Um, I'm in this in-between time where I'm not training for a marathon, for those of my folks out there who care about the training. I'm definitely uh, training for my a half marathon. I've never trained for a half. I always just run them. So I've got one coming up at the end of the summer, and I'm trying to increase my uh, my workload, meaning I'm trying to create a greater base of my running so that when I add training on top of it, um, I'm a little bit more prepared so that whenever that next marathon comes around. Uh, so that's new for me. I'm trying to create a, a higher average per week, uh, not necessarily blast out giant uh, number of miles in a week. Uh, so that's going on health-wise. It's the end of the school year here. It's been a crazy flurry of a couple of weeks. I think we went like nine or ten days, and we had, I don't know, nine or ten activities. We had one night this past week where we had five activities we had one for each of the three children two outside activities so we skipped the two outside activities uh, Amy went to one I went to one her mother went to another we converged on the one at the end just a crazy time uh, technically if you're listening to this when it's released this is the last week of school but for all my kids they really don't even have to go uh, but they're going just because they want to say goodbye to some of their friends uh, so with that and we're right here at the precipice of summer Memorial Day is coming up next weekend I think it's a little early this year the way the weekend falls uh, so whether that's the official summer or not that's when summer really starts at least in my heart and uh, we're looking forward to summer we've got some summer plans that we'll clue you into when those all get finalized um, what am I reading um, believe it or not, I'm still finishing up John Maxwell's Leadership. I only take that in uh, pieces, um, but I'm still enjoying that. I'm reading uh, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. I'm still enjoying that. Um, I'm still reading my Executioner Back Mac Bolan novels. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in the in the episode itself. Those are the uh, pulpish uh, action novels that are about 180 pages that I just kind of take in. A lot more about that to come. So that's what's going on with us, me and Amy. Amy's been biking and I've been running, so uh, that's sort of what's going on there. Enjoying church, enjoying friends in the season where we're going to graduation parties and that kind of thing. So that's sort of the update with me. I'll talk to you more about that. But let me jump into today's topic. Now, uh, it, I don't know about you. 
in our crowd up here in Northern Virginia, Marie Kondo is hugely popular. Now, she has a Netflix show, so that may be where you know it. She has a Netflix show called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. And the whole premise behind that is uh, she helps people get their lives organized. And so anytime you're trying to decide something, you're supposed to hold on to it and uh, ask yourself, does this item spark joy? And if that item, that thing, no matter what it is, doesn't spark joy, she encourages you to get rid of it. Um, it's called the KonMari method. And you go through things one category at a time, clothes, toys, electronics. And then you ask yourself, does it spark joy if it doesn't get rid of it? And then she has this uh, sense of how you should organize things, of how you should... Um, um, how you should fold things. Uh, she even asks you to say thank you to inanimate objects for their service of you. Um, it, you know what? It really works. And I'll tell you what, it has been a trend up here. Um, it really is. Uh, so many people I know who have done the, uh, the, the Marie Kondo method, they've actually done it twice at times. Um, hey, it works, but it's trendy as well. It really is. Just friends like, hey, you got to try it. you got to try it. The shows are cute. Uh, they go through and and tell you, uh, they give you examples of people who are struggling to organize things. And Marie Kondo is just so meek, and, and she herself is cute, and she's non-threatening, and she's helping people make decisions. And now, here's the thing. Um, I get it when she says, hey, if you've got three waffle makers, you got to get rid of them. But the most controversial uh, thing that she's had, the most controversial stance is books. And this has upset a lot of people. First of all, let me tell you, folks, it shouldn't upset you because Marie Kondo is not gospel. So uh, it doesn't really matter her, her opinion. You can take it or leave it. But I know people have gotten so upset. Um, there's a, uh, I, I found an article on CNET called uh, Marie Kondo Back Off Why This Book Hoarder Refuses to Tidy Up that was really about a reaction. So I want to talk about that, and I want to talk about my books and your books for a minute. In episode five... Um, she is uh, helping some folks, and she says, take every single book into your hands and see if it sparks joy for you. And she says, if you own 25 books, that's enough. Um, and so there's almost a sense of like 10 books, 25 books, that she caps books as you, there's just enough of them. And, and I think the problem here with this, and again, you're going to hear me in a minute, I'm not advocating the giant library, especially the pastors have. I'll talk to you about my issue in a minute. I keep saying that. But the problem is, is that uh, I think it seems like Marie Kondo doesn't seem uh, to see the, uh, the the utilitarian nature of books, and she's missing out on the entertainment nature of books, and I think she's missing out on the uh, decorative side of books. Um, listen, if you have, um, if you uh, are spiritual, if you're a Christian, you have a Bible. You probably have uh, a study guide or something you're going through, a book individually that. If you cook, you've probably got some cookbooks. Um, if you have a skill set that's specific, um, you probably have books to it. It's just really hard to keep your life to 10 to 25 books. And if you're a reader, meaning if you enjoy reading, you're going to find books uh, at a used bookstore, and you're like, you know what, that's a good deal. I'm not reading that book right now. Like, for example, my wife, a couple of things. She's part of uh, multiple book clubs, so she's got them, and she's got the one she's reading and the one that's coming up. And then uh, she is happy to go to a used bookstore, find books, or even that discount rack at like Barnes & Noble or something, buy some affordable books, and then set them aside saying, hey, these are like summer beach reads or when I'm just looking for something. 
And so, listen, we're definitely book people. I, I do want to admit that. Um, and so, but this one author in this article on CNET, and I'll cue it up in the show notes, is just saying, listen, books are way more than just this thing to say it sparks joy or not. I mean, there's, there's so much more going on there. You have collections of authors. Uh, sometimes you may want to uh, collect first editions, or uh, you, you might have, I mean, there's just, Books serve more than just this simple utilitarian um, nature and approach. Uh, I mean, even what if you're sick? If you're sick, you might need books related to your health. It's just not something that can be, uh, you know, limited. To that if you've got multiple copies of the same book, unless you're doing a good a book study, I get it. Get rid of them. And you can look at some books and you can say, listen. I didn't enjoy that book in her language. It didn't spark joy, so I'm going to get rid of it. But um, Granted, every book you own doesn't need to be a book you keep, uh, but just simplifying it to 10 or 25, that's all you really need, um, I, it's a bit oversimplistic. And folks take Marie Kondo as gospel, which means they're struggling. Like, she says I should only have 10 or 25. What am I going to do? And I will say to you, be free, my friend. Um, you know, uh, there, there's a whole side of thinking that having books around uh, is good. John Waters is a director, and I imagine if you know who John Waters is, you probably many of you probably don't like his content. Uh, but he said, uh, collect books even if you don't plan on reading them right away. Nothing's more important than an unread library. Uh, he even recommended if you uh, go on a date with someone and they don't have books, you, you don't want to be with them. Uh, he didn't say it quite as cleanly as that. Uh, so what about books? Well, let me tell you my story. First of all, I love books. Um, I grew up reading. I grew up with comic books. Uh, books were around me. My father was an author. Uh, I mean, I just love books. And, and then I became uh, an English major. And so books and books and became a, an English teacher and then books and books. And then I became uh, a seminary student and it was books and books. And then I became a pastor and it was like build a library. And then all along, I'm still, uh, you know, collecting books. Um, when we moved from North Carolina to Virginia, I got rid of so many books. I mean, I probably got rid of a, a third of my seminary collection and probably half of my novels because we were moving into an apartment. I just didn't know what to do with it. Um, and I've got two fathers who have passed away who were pastors, and I've, I've, I've inherited a lot of their books. And so books have been part of my life. And so when you come into our house, uh, the main living area doesn't have a lot of books. Uh, it doesn't. There's a few there. Uh, Amy has an office that's full of books. I have an office full of books. We have a downstairs basement that's got a big wall of books, and then our girls have books. We love books. And uh, I, I am finally realizing the, that it's time to, to thin the herd. It really is. So for my office, I'm sitting here. I sit at my desk, and, and there are uh, two very tall bookcases. They were my dad's bookcases, which is cool. There's a low bookcase, and then there's another one in here. So I've got a, a fair number of, of books in here, and I'm realizing that I've got too many. Um, I kept telling myself, hey, listen, Gordon, go through some of those old seminary books. Go through some of those old ones. You're just never going to read them anymore. And and I get it. Pastors love the library, but I just was beginning to realize that they just weren't doing me any good. Um, so I began to think, I've got to do something with them. Now, Side story. Um, I, I mentioned this. I forget which episode. I could look it up, but I'm not going to. I mentioned it up in the Guilty Pleasure episode that um, one of my guilty pleasures is Mac Bolan, the Executioner, or excuse me, the Executioner featured Mac Bolan novels. Uh, these are um, old adventure novels. They started in the 70s. They go up to the present. There's over six, 700 in the series. They're 180 pages. They're sort of like reading... 
if you're going to watch the show 24, if you're going to make it a 180 page novel, that's what it would be. He's a uh, super soldier. It's a guilty pleasure. It really is. The, the 70, 80 ones are kind of cheesy. The, the present one has some cheese, but I love Mac Boland's character. He's high minded. Um, he wants to protect people who he looks out for first responders. Um, they're fun, right? And so I had a few. I bought a few here or there on vacation when I found them. You can find them in used bookstores fairly well. I can't find them in Barnes & Noble anymore because the new ones only come out in Kindle. Uh, but man, there's just a bunch of them. There's six or 700 of them. And I've got a good friend, uh, David, who reads them as well. And so we're back and forth. And uh, so I nerd out a little bit, and there's a Facebook group on, uh, obviously Facebook, about them. And some of the authors of these books are there. There's one. It, it says just... Um, you know, Don Pendleton, but it's been written by dozens of authors at this point in time. And some of them are on that group. Well, one day, this guy said, hey, I need some cash. I've got this giant collection. And discovered that he had um, two, three hundred copies of Mac Boland books. And he's like, I'll sell them for $60. Now, that's insane, right? I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'll ever read them all. But I called up a buddy, and he's like, we're in. So we split it. And I got this collection of, I mean, hundreds, hundreds of paperback novels that I'm just going to keep reading and reading. When I get done, I just get it done. When I grab another one, when I went to the beach, I took four or five. And, and I've just got this. So all of a sudden, I've got this giant collection of Mac Bolin novels, right? And I'm sure one day I'm going to get rid of them or whatever the case may be. Um, but all of a sudden, I've got my office with a bunch of books, and I've got boxes of books in there. So what I'm doing right now is I went through all the seminary books. And I packed up, I think, four boxes of books I'm just not going to read anymore. I know I'm not going to read them anymore. They're out of date. They address cultural issues that aren't even relevant anymore. Um, they're authors I just severely disagree with. Why keep their book? Cleaned them out. Got my Mac Bolins on there. And then the other day, I, I, I scored a bunch of audio books. And so uh, I, my book, my, my library is completely changing. And I've got to figure out what to do with some of these books. I'm looking at online options and, of course, trading them in and, and so bookstores and that kind of thing. But what I'm really enjoying about books right now is I've, I've headed a different direction. I'm reading a lot more autobiographies than I ever did because I love hearing people's stories. I enjoy reading how successful people have become successful, whether they're Christians or not. So that, that counts for CEOs, that counts for marathoners, counts for actors. Uh, I like reading not only their autobiographies, but sort of their how-tos, like how did they become successful. So that's becoming like a new stream. And then I've got all these paperbacks everywhere. And, and so all that's going on. And then I've got some old, dusty seminary books. And so I just said, you know what, I don't need to keep them for many pride reasons. I'm keeping the ones that are quality. I'm keeping the ones that I know I'll go back to. I'm keeping the ones that have significant value. But the other ones, I'm just letting them go. I really am. And so I think that's part of it. Uh, I think as you figure out to do with books, first of all, please read. Please read. Exercise your brain. It really is good for you. Read before you go to bed. Don't always watch television. Please read. Um, use books as decoration. I think they're great uh, conversations. Um, but when it comes down to your books, uh, you know, what, what's their purpose? I don't think it's a question of does it spark joy or not. It's like, what's its purpose? For, I've got a couple of books. I'm like, those remind me of my dad. I've got some books. I'm like, those are ones that I'm going to need in future Bible studies or sermons. I've got some. If, if you want me to ask a question what sparks joy right now, it's this giant Mac Bolin collection because I can't wait to keep reading them. But really, for books, the question is, what's their purpose? And if you know you're not going to read it, 
um, you don't have to keep it. There's no obligation. There's tons of places you can trade them in and get store credit value for, maybe even sell them on Amazon, or just donate them to Goodwill and get a tax write-off. But the question really is, what do you, you know, what, what purpose do they serve? You know, it's not about you only need 10 or 25 books in your life. Uh, sometimes you can look at it and go, I might read that or I might not, but I'm going to keep it just in case. That's fantastic. But uh, I think Marie Kondo goes too far. I think people take her way too seriously, and I don't think people read enough. So, friends, my encouragement is read a good book. When you get done with it, ask yourself, do I want to keep it on itself for its appearance? Do I want to give it to someone in the future? Do I want to refer to it again? Or you know what? Do I just want to get rid of it? Those things are all in your purview. Uh, but books, books, books have value in our life. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm sitting here. I've got way more organization to do. On my desk right now, I can see, let me share some things with you. I've got um, uh, a worship planning book. Uh, I have Terry Cruz's autobiography, Manhood. I've got the lead singer of Iron Maiden's. Uh, autobiography. I have a book called Simple Church, which is a, a, a constant reference for me. I've got a book on money matters. I've got a book on Bible verses, but as soon as I look over my shoulder, I've got a couple hundred Mac Bolin. So that's what's going on right now, and that's not even close to all the books in here. So I'm thankful that I've got books. I'm thankful for the influence in my life. I hope you've got great books. Uh, don't worry about what Marie Kondo says. Ask yourself, does it? what's the purpose, not does it spark joy? Like, what, what are you going to do with it? And you know what? You may say, I don't know yet. Then it's fine. You don't have to make a decision. It's not gospel. I'm thankful that folks are getting their lives uncluttered. Um, I'm hoping that uh, expands into all their lives, that they get their thinking uncluttered, they get their spiritual life uncluttered, they get your relationships uncluttered. Uh, Marie Kondo may need to hit in that area next, or maybe I will. But friends, thanks so much for listening to this This Is Gonna Hurt podcast. I hope you're enjoying it. As always, I'm trying to do a better job of updating Jay Gordon Duncan. I haven't lately. I went back lately and saw a need to do a few things, but there's stuff there. Probably right now, if you want to know what's going on with me, I would encourage you to just check out Facebook or go to Instagram. I got lots of things there. So friends, thanks for listening. I look forward to talking to you on Wednesday and Friday. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. You care about your business. That's why preformed and prepackaged approaches to marketing do not help. Because of that, CTP Marketing and Consulting seeks to understand you, your product, and your services, and they will partner with you in creating a customized approach to meet your marketing needs. Towards that end, CTP offers traditional print marketing, social media services, SEO, event coordination, campaign creation, fundraising, and a host of other services. Reach out to them today and see if this personal approach to marketing can help you grow your business. You can find them at ctpmarketplace.com or you can email them at admin at ctpmarketplace.com. That's admin at ctpmarketplace.com. Reach out to them today for their free evaluation and see if they can help you grow your business and help you meet your goals.